Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. My name is Lisa, and we have our lovely host, JC, back in the room. So excited to have her. And February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. So in this episode, we want to chat about how we can discuss this issue with teens. And we have some specifically important tips for parents and how they can lead this conversation with their teens as well. So before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to Respond, which is a domestic violence organization. And they put together a great overview of talking points and tips and a lot of that content and advice we're going to be sharing out today. So big thank you and shout out to Respond. And we know this is a huge issue, right? And I know JC and I specifically, um, the, the roles we have at Live Violence Free, a lot of that comes down to talking with youth and really spreading awareness about teen dating violence. And so to start off here, um, I think JC is going to share out some statistics for us. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and start off with a few statistics to just really highlight how big the issue of teen dating violence is. So here in the U.S., one in 10 high school students reported being physically abused by a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And one in three adolescents in the U.S. have been victims of physical, emotional, or verbal abuse from a partner. We also know that young women between the ages of 16 and 24 experience the highest rates of intimate partner violence. You know, these are some pretty disheartening statistics But another bothersome statistic is that only 33% of teens who are in an abusive relationship ever tell anyone about the abuse. And so we know that there are many reasons Mm -hmm. because of that. Um, Sometimes it's because they don't know, they don't identify their situation as abuse. Sometimes they think they're alone. Sometimes they feel like they have no one to talk to. We know that isolation is a big piece when it comes to teen dating violence. And so definitely, if you're interested in more of what we just talked about, definitely make sure that you take a look at one of our episodes that really covers teen dating violence. But that's why it's so important to share these tips on how to open up to these discussions with youth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a really hard statistic to hear, right? That only 33% disclose what's happening to them. And I really appreciate you for highlighting, you know, there's so many reasons why maybe them not being believed, them not really understanding the dynamics of a healthy relationship, therefore not realizing they're in an unhealthy or abusive relationship. Um, You know, but we've said it so many times. It's kind of like a catchphrase of our podcast that violence thrives in silence, right? And so, yeah, this is really important Um, for parents. I think this is such critical information to know. But aside from just parents, I mean, these tips can be great for anyone to know how to, Mm -hmm. you know, implement in their lives and help open up these discussions and try to help those who are in possibly some pretty dangerous situations. And so we're going to be going over 12 tips for holding these conversations Along the way, we're going to add in some kind of useful thought points, uh, you know, tips that can aid in the conversation as well. So let's go ahead and dive in. Our first tip for having discussions about teen dating violence is first off, encourage open, honest, and thoughtful reflection. And that really means talking openly, right, about not only just abusive relationships, but healthy ones as well. Give them a space to really discuss their values and their expectations of relationships without judgment and try to stay away Mm -hmm. from interrupting, lecturing, or accusations. So 
some questions that could really help start this conversation. Um, you know, that might look like asking, are any of your friends dating? What are their relationships like? Asking, are you dating? Because, you know, we know it might be easier to talk about other people first, right? Like, are your friends dating? But that directness with them is super important. Mm-hmm. Another question can be, what qualities do you want in a partner? Or what, what makes a relationship good or bad? And I always loved our program at the middle school, right? And the high school. Because we had a worksheet we would do day one. And we would ask for their relationship expectations. And a lot of them, I don't think, had ever thought about that before, right? For a lot of them, it was like a super awkward question. They're like, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But realistically, that's really important, right? To identify those things. And the last question um, that could help start the conversation can be, would you know what to do if one of your friends was in a bad relationship? And I think that's also critically important, right? Because that um, not only speaks for them being able to help others, but also if they would be able to recognize that and help themselves if they're in that kind of a situation as well. Absolutely. I think that's such an important point to highlight. So Lisa just went over tip number one. We're going to go ahead and move on to tip number two, which is be sensitive and firm. And so it's really important to find a balance in these discussions Mm -hmm. to really allow that non-judgmental platform for them to open up. Yeah. Right. And so we something that we definitely know with teens is if they feel judged or they feel like you're not going to understand, it may become a little bit more difficult for them to open up. So definitely be willing to talk openly with them and respect their differences of opinion. Try to come up with some mutually acceptable decisions. And so it's really important to kind of compromise with them and meet them halfway or meet them where they're at. But some examples for this could look like discussing that respect is the foundation for a healthy, happy and safe relationship yeah. Really discuss what respect means to them. And I always find this so interesting when you ask a teen, you know, do you know what respect is? And a lot of times you see a hesitation, right? Yeah. And although they may hear that word respect or hear this expectation from everyone else, because most often they're hearing this word at home, right? Like we expect you to be respectful, Same thing at school, right? A lot of times you'll hear that echoed throughout the school by teachers, principal, vice principal, admin. You know, they're they're requesting respect and they want them to model respect. But sometimes they don't know what respect actually is Mm -hmm. or what that looks like. And so it's super important to just have that conversation and ask them, you know, do you know what respect means or what does respect mean to you? Because we all have different thoughts and feelings about what respect is. And so I think it'll be just an interesting conversation to just really start with that as well. Also, discuss the importance of safety in relationships and reiterate that we should all pay attention to how certain situations make us feel, good and bad. It's important to remind them to trust their instinct. And I always say, trust your gut feeling, Mm -hmm. right? If something feels hurtful or off. A lot of times our body will tell us something's not okay or, hey, you know, this didn't feel so good. And so one thing that I think is really important is to empower teens to listen to that gut feeling and to be able to talk to someone about it if they're concerned or if they feel like something's not okay. Yeah, and that's such a great tip overall, you know, having that discussion, diving in, what does respect really mean to you? Because I think, yeah, it's it's really interesting that it can mean something different for for everyone, you know, so Absolutely great thought points there. 
Our next tip, number three, is be supportive and non-judgmental, which we've kind of already alluded to this a little bit. Uh, but even with the right intentions, say we're a little bit too pushy or we're coming off a little bit kind of aggressiveness with our communication, that can create what JC kind of mentioned, right? That defensiveness. Um, you know, maybe that in return is going to make youth feel like they can't come to you to discuss issues in the future. Maybe it's going to kind of put that wall up, right? Or shut them down a little bit from feeling comfortable enough to have that conversation, which it's unfortunate, right? Because if we're really there and trying to be a source of support, we don't want to get in our own way. We don't want to make it feel like, you know, now this person's going to close off to us because of our approach. Um, and so another big thing is just really believing them and take them seriously. Even if, you know, from your adult standpoint, it might be hard to understand the challenges they're facing or maybe their rationale behind things. It's really important, right? That we kind of, like JC mentioned, meet them halfway, believe them and just, you know, really be there to listen to what they have to say. Absolutely. The next tip speaks to that. So understand the pressure and risk that teens face. And so it's important to know that in today's world, there is new and increasing pressure about sex, dating, drug use, yeah. especially with social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of those things are normalized around their circle or maybe around school or those that they hang out with. Yeah. And although we know that they may not be healthy and some of these things may not be age appropriate, it's important to know that they are happening and it is happening around them. And so... Yeah, and although teens do learn a lot from their peers, many teens express how they really benefit from, you know, parent or adult role models, Mm -hmm. taking the time to really listen to them and help them think through situations and issues they face. So be that person, right? We've all, we, yeah. I know in previous episodes, we talked about trusting adults and how one trusting adult can make a difference in a child's life. And I firsthand experienced that as a child. I think if I would have not had my uncle and aunt play such a big part in my life, I probably would have, you know, been lost or I would have felt even more alone. And so yeah. I think, you know, just know that you can make such a big difference in just being a good listening ear to a youth in your life that you care for, especially if you're their parent. So Mm -hmm. take the time to listen with that understanding that it can make a big difference in what you say and do can really make an impact on them. Absolutely. And thank you too for sharing, right, about your uncle and your aunt and that experience for you because, yeah, I think realistically that is so important for kids, even just to have that one person, right? It it could be really life-changing. And so next tip on the list, and I love this one so much, make the most of teachable moments. Um, And this is such a beautiful thought point, right? Because this is something you can do with TV or movie characters. If you are watching TV together, Um, you could do this with song lyrics, right? If you're listening to music in the car or whatever it is, or even events or news stories that are happening. Um, When I was teaching at the high school full time, I realized when I shared not only my own experiences, right, but also signed a light on certain relationships that were maybe seen in the media, youth really responded to that. One of our projects actually was for them to pick out a song that had lyrics discussing unhealthy relationships. And it was so amazing to see how insightful they were in their choices uh, and how they were really able to pick out some of the most under the radar lyrics that really showed some unhealthy expectations, behaviors, language and relationships. Um, So yeah, find these teachable moments. And something else I want to highlight too, uh, my brother is the father of a 13 year old. It's his stepson. But 
he does such a wonderful job with him. You know, 13, that's a hard age, right? And you're going through so many things. You're going through so many changes. He's, you know, starting to date now. But something my brother has done with him, I mean, since he was little, was have pretty much any time they could have a conversation together. Maybe it was, you know, when he was younger, tucking him into bed at night. Maybe it was a car ride to um, lacrosse practice. Maybe it was just them hanging out and having some spare time. They would get into like these really deep, of course, age appropriate, but these really deep conversations about life, about expectations for him. Um, It was really beautiful to see because, you know, he really told me that he's like, there's value in having these conversations in a time where they're not even necessary yet. You know, nothing bad has happened. It's not that, you know, talk we have to sit down and be like, listen, this wasn't okay. Here's why. Having those moments where you could just find teachable moments when things are positive, right? When nothing's wrong. And kids can be so open and receptive to that, right? Because they don't feel judged. They don't feel like they have done something to get in trouble or done something wrong. And so I think that was just a really beautiful idea. And I really encourage parents to kind of, you know, examine that a little bit, right? Like think about the times where maybe they can fill in silence in the car, maybe with a great conversation, right? Just kind of pick the brain of your teenager, see where they're at. And so it's a great opportunity, right? Just to have those deep discussions. Um, It feels super approachable because it isn't centered on them or their behavior specifically. And so yeah, find those teachable moments wherever you can. Absolutely. And I think you can also model what you want from them, right? Mm -hmm. If you're wanting openness and comfort, then model that, right? Um, If you want them to involve you and have you be part of their life with their friends, do the exact same thing or give them some insight of how it was for you growing up or being their age or what was difficult for you. Um, And I've, I've noticed that sometimes when you really model that and run with that, you know, you may get that same openness in return, right? Or at least you can make a baby step towards that openness. So, you know, just something I've also learned. So the next tip, number six is take a clear stand. If you are aware that your teen or a teen you know is in an unhealthy relationship, it's important to just tell them straightforward that you are concerned for their safety and that everyone deserves a safe and healthy relationship. And when I mean, you know, be straightforward, we're not, you know, telling someone to say to a teen, you know, don't do that or that's not a good decision, right? right? But really be straightforward about those specific concerning actions, right? And so you can really talk to them about the importance of feeling safe in a healthy relationship and how important a healthy relationship is. And so make sure they understand how you feel about disrespect, controlling behavior, or any form of abuse or violence, right? So you can clearly just say there's no excuse for someone to be abusive Mm -hmm. or, you know, everyone deserves to feel respected. Remind them that they have the right to set their own boundaries and say no, right? And that's something that we practice at a very young age, right? And we start talking about body safety um, to kinder first and, you know, fourth graders specifically. But then middle school, we're really diving into, you know, setting those boundaries and limits and making sure that they know that they can say no to something that they don't like or makes them feel uncomfortable. And Also, most importantly, let them know that it is not their fault and that no one deserves abuse. And, you know, we've talked about this many times. One thing that really echoes when we talk to someone that has experienced abuse, whether it's a child or an adult, there's a lot of self-blame and guilt as if they did something wrong, although they were the victim in the situation. And so it's super important that we don't assume that they may know that it's not their fault, but that we continue to remind them that it's not their fault. 
and they did not deserve that. So make it clear that you don't blame them and that you also respect their choices and want the best for them. And I think that's something that can go a long way, just letting them know, you know, I just want to make sure that you're safe and that you're respected because I love you or I care for you. And that's my biggest concern, right? Um, And I know sometimes it can become so difficult when it's someone that we know that we love or care for. We want to go into that rescue mode and protect them and tell them what to do and tell them what we think is best for them. But in reality, we really want to empower them Mm -hmm. and kind of remind them how strong they are, remind them how they deserve the best and they deserve to be respected and, you know, what they should feel in a healthy relationship. Yeah, I think that's so important to think about, right? That most of us with someone we love and care about, we're, you know, sometimes with all great intentions, really our first instinct might be to go into that protective, like save them mode, right? Like put on my cape, fly in there, pull them out of that situation, fly them away. When instead, the most important and really powerful thing, especially for young people, teenagers, is going to be teaching them the skills to empower themselves, right? And so I really appreciate you bringing that up for sure. So our next tip on the list, and this one's pretty important, um, this is discuss how to be an upstander. So for anyone out there that's confused with the word upstander, because it sounds a little strange, um, essentially it's the opposite of bystander, right? So it's not someone who's going to kind of idly stand by and watch things happen or, you know, hear or see things occur. This is someone that's willing to maybe rise to the occasion. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. And so you know, really teach teens how to stand up for themselves or others, right? If they observe unhealthy behavior, if they're hearing upsetting things. So some tips and some kind of like upstander techniques really can look like maybe identifying adults that they feel safe reporting relationship issues to, right? Like JC mentioned before, you know, just that one supportive adult that maybe they can go to if something starts to feel scary, starts to feel wrong, or they know isn't okay. Um, It's important for them to understand that sometimes the best way we can help others really is just connecting them to someone who could really provide the appropriate help that they need, right? And that's okay. So if, you know, maybe someone's struggling thinking, well, like, I can't directly help them. So, you know, just passing them off to someone else isn't helpful. That is not true, right? Sometimes we are not able to provide the support that someone needs or give them the advice or, you know, just give them the assistance that they need. But if we know someone else that can, right, some other adult in their life, um, some kind of an advocate, whatever it looks like, then you're doing an excellent job, right? If maybe your point of being an upstander and helping is saying like, hey, listen, I really think maybe it's important that we go and chat with someone about this, right? Like this is really important, um, you know, and if you are able to, right, provide them with like, the capacity of I can go with you or maybe I can help you set up the appointment to go talk to them. I can help you dial the phone to talk and chat with that advocate, whatever that is. That's doing a fantastic job, right? Being an upstander and really helping. And so another upstander tip is really not allowing inappropriate or abusive language or actions to continue. Um, So, you know, knowing when to speak up and say something if they believe that behavior is hurtful. But of course I say this with safety in mind, right? So if there's a fear for possible you know, physical safety, if someone's getting really extremely aggressive or, you know, physically aggressive in their actions, um, then that's probably a better time, right, to go and notify an adult, get someone to step in who can help safely, because that's always number one. But if it's a conversation going on where maybe they feel safe to kind of call someone out for something they're saying or how they're treating someone, do it, right? Like step up and be that one person. I remember in our middle school class, we talked a lot about that, right? And I said, you know, what's the one thing that's holding you back sometimes for kind of stepping up or saying something? 
a lot of the response usually was, well, I don't know that person, right? So whoever the behavior is directed towards, I don't know them. And I would always kind of go into this little scenario process and say, well, okay, let's say that one of you is walking down the hallway. Someone comes up to you, maybe starts pushing and shoving you, or maybe starts being super verbally abusive, right? Or aggressive with you, yelling at you, calling you names. If someone, some random stranger stepped in to help, would you care that you didn't know that person? Or would you just be really happy that someone stood up for you, right? And usually the general consensus was, yeah, of course I'd be happy, right? I wouldn't want to be treated like that. I'm happy someone would step in to help. And so I think really thinking about that, right? Really having conversations with your teens to empower them to do that, again, with their safety in mind, right? Um, but really utilizing that space and reminding them that they do have power, right? To not necessarily call someone out, maybe call them into a conversation about that behavior. And being an upstander is really important. You know, if they're in school, if they're even online, right? Like hearing, seeing things that are not okay, that shouldn't be put up with, that's going to help create that culture in their school or in their social media mm-hmm. accounts, right? Where these things are just not tolerated. And that has a huge ripple effect. If enough of us did that and kind of said that this is not okay culture for us to be in, then we would probably have a lot less issues, right? With things like bullying or seeing these things firsthand. And so, yeah, upstander, having that conversation is a really big one to have with your teen as well. Absolutely. And I love that upstander. And I feel like once teens sometimes know the power Mm -hmm. behind that and how they can help someone feel supported, not alone. And how, like you mentioned, it can be a ripple effect. You know, I think a lot of them are a lot more interested in learning how they can do that. Right. And just kind of totally being able to like empower themselves and empower others. So I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, With that being said, tip number eight is discuss and provide options if your teen has witnessed or experienced teen dating violence. And so even if they have not specifically experienced it, just witnessing itself can be even traumatic or can be, you know, difficult. And so if your teen is in a relationship or knows of someone that is feeling scared, awkward, or uncomfortable, assure them that they can come to you if you feel comfortable with that, of course, Mm -hmm. right? And I say that because... There may be specific, even adults, that may feel uncomfortable around certain conversations, right? And we're hopeful that hopefully this episode can help you feel comfortable. But if Mm -hmm. you're ever feeling in a space where you're like, that's just a difficult conversation for me, or that's something that I don't feel comfortable with, just know that there is so many, so much support and so many people that feel comfortable having that conversation that can support you. And I can, I can definitely say that Live Violence Free can help with that as well. So just know that we're here as a resource. Um, But With that being said, uh, always offer resources such as counselors or adults that they can talk to if they feel comfortable, right? And specifically, if it's a student that is attending the middle school or high school, making sure that they have an adult that they can talk to on campus can be really big in case they're having any difficulty at school or they're being triggered or really in need of, you know, someone to talk to that's an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you're not available, maybe you're their trusting person. That way they always have someone that they can speak to. And so, like Lisa mentioned, identifying adults, they trust to reach out for support especially in school settings like I just mentioned which is great so they feel empowered to seek support if a parent's not around all the time like I mentioned in case you're not there right you want to make sure that they have you know wraparound support 
And of course, you know, like I mentioned, if you're in the South Lake Tahoe area, you can always reach out to Live Violence Free for confidential support or questions. Maybe, you know, it's not your child specifically, but maybe someone you care for and know, yeah. and you're just trying to figure out how you can best help them or what resources are available. Feel free to call our crisis line number and we can help you with that. Um, I know we will also have, you know, information linked below. And in case anyone is wanting to contact us for a conversation, we will also have national and international resources included as well. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? This little sidebar, it's really cool to see kind of the the reach we've had with this podcast, right? I mean, we started off, we had a lot of listeners in the South Lake Tahoe area, and that has since spread uh, internationally, all over the world. We have listeners coming from all different countries. Um, so yeah, we are going to make sure from now on that we're really including resources for just outside of our area, right? But definitely check that out. We're going to have a lot of wonderful things linked below for everyone. Yeah, and just really quickly, just based on what I just talked about, um, it's really, really important to know that although you may be having this conversation with your teen, right, or a teen that's involved in your life, and maybe they are not experiencing teen dating violence, right, or they're not experiencing any form of abuse, but most likely one of their friends may be experiencing that or may experience that in the future. And talking to them about a conversation on what respect and love looks like can make such a huge impact, not just in their life, but in whoever's, you know, friendship circle they have and anyone that ever comes to them. Because one thing that we know with teens is, you know, they usually reach out to their friends before they reach out to a professional like us in this field Mm -hmm. that are specialized around conversations, you know, of abuse or teen dating violence. And so it's really important to know that a conversation like this can make such a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. And just going back, right, the statistic you shared in the beginning that one in three adolescents have reported being abused in some way, right, by a partner. And so, yeah, if it's not your child specifically, or maybe even, you know, maybe you're a nanny or a babysitter, some kind of a caretaker to uh, a family with a teen. Maybe you are a coach, a teacher, right? Anyone who has a capacity and a relationship with teenagers, there's a good chance that if they're not themselves experiencing some type of abuse that yeah someone they know is and so that is such a good thing to keep in mind right even if you're not worried for this teen that you know you know still have that conversation it's still super valid and it's going to really not only help them understand kind of um, relationships a little bit better right but also yeah be there and be prepared if they do see something occurring with someone that they know and so our next tip on the list is accentuate the positive And so while teaching, uh, we always made it a point to not only focus on abuse and bad behaviors, right? Because that's a big part of it. You know, we were specifically there to talk about teen dating violence or domestic violence and things like this and kind of the the negatives, right? The warning signs and the red flags. But it is just as important, if not more important, to highlight the good, the healthy, right? The all these behaviors that we should be expecting in a relationship. That way teens can really understand what they should expect or look for in a relationship. Uh, I think actually Brianna used this example in our last teen dating violence episode, which was last year, just our comprehensive 101. I'm pretty sure we were talking about this and she said, you know, it's kind of the same thing. If we're only teaching the bad, it's kind of like telling a group of people, don't think of a red balloon. What are you going to be thinking about? 
a red balloon, right? And so if we only have the bad in our head, you know, the abuse, the red flags, which is great and super important, I think, to discuss, then yeah, we're only going to have those things kind of floating around in our head, maybe when we're thinking about relationships or thinking about dating. And just remind them, right, that dating should be fun. So it's super important to discuss the fun, the positive sides of relationships, the behaviors that are healthy and make people feel safe and cared about. And this can also be, you know, a lot lighter of a conversation and therefore I think a lot easier to talk through, right? Instead of just the abusive components. Uh, But ultimately, again, it's still a really impactful conversation to have and it's really going to empower youth to kind of be a little bit more empowered, right? As maybe they're going off and seeking the whole dating game and kind of looking for potential matches, you know, having all those good qualities in mind is really going to help them out along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you, Lisa, for providing that example, because I think I've definitely been in that situation where, you know, I grew up seeing relationships that were not healthy. And so Mm -hmm. I always felt like I understood what was not okay. Um, And then obviously being able to identify like that's actually a form of abuse. Right. Right. And really thinking like, okay, I definitely know that I don't want that in my relationship. But then it was like, but what do I want? Yeah. Yeah. What what exactly is healthy? Because I don't I'm not familiar with that piece. And so it is super important to talk about you know, we talk about kind of like the spectrum um, of, you know, what a relationship looks like, the unhealthy, the health, you know, the healthy and like what the abusive part looks like. And I think it's really critical and important to have a full conversation and a wrap around around topics like that. So thank you for that example. Um, we, we will go ahead and move on to the next tip, which is specifically for parents. Tip number 10, be an active participant in your teen's life. So definitely try and explore different ways to get to know you know, your teen's friends, interests, and values, you know, do some exploring and find activities that can bond you with them and also give you the space to engage them about different things in their lives, such as their friends, Mm -hmm. the relationships, stresses, how is school going? How are you dealing with challenges? How can I support you? And I think, you know, this can be difficult at times, especially if, you know, you are trying to find a balance between work, being a parent, and, you know, being involved in your child's life. Um, But I do think it's really important to know that you can find some you know mutual bonding experience or activity that you could do but it definitely takes some exploring and you know just really quickly I don't have a teen but I do have a preteen mm-hmm. and although she's a preteen uh, her and I are so different from one another definitely night and day and there's times where I'm even trying to figure out ways that I can bond with her and really connect with her and have her open up to me and so sometimes I'll find something that I enjoy and take a look at something that she enjoys and kind of figure out how I can be part of that. And so one thing that I've learned is like, well, you know, I loved playing basketball and she's playing basketball now. Like maybe I should coach and that way, you know, we're spending more time around each other. We have that commitment time set aside and that way she knows that I'm dedicated to it. And that way that gives us time to talk on our way to practice and games and figure out how school's going, what makes her nervous. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of exploring and just a little bit of time for you to examine kind of what you have going on in your life, what you can commit to. But it can be as simple as you dropping them off at school and talking, connecting with them on the way there, right? Mm -hmm. Making maybe an hour aside a week to just connect with them on something that they want to do and that you also enjoy. So it's really, really important for you to find ways that you can, you know, include yourself in their life and be part of it and allow them to also 
also kind of, you know, help you through that process. Like, you know, what can you do? Ask them, like, what would you like to do together? You know, what is something that we could do that, you know, we can bond over or that you would really enjoy? Or what would you like to see in our relationship change so that we are connecting more? Oh, I love that. Right. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I specifically enjoy you saying, you know, you can ask them, you know, if you can even approach your teenager, which I mean, I just remember myself being a teenager um, and what that felt like and the attitude that I kind of carried with me. But I think sometimes just saying, you know, if we spend one hour together a week, like what would you want to do in that hour? Right. And really kind of giving them the space to be like, oh, well, this would be fun or this is something that wouldn't be totally lame for me to do. Right. That way you can. Yeah, really really get them involved with that process as well and just yeah give them that support right along the way and so we have two yep two tips left here so our second to last is be prepared to make mistakes and acknowledge you don't have all the answers and I think this is like one of the most critical pieces especially for parents connecting with teens because uh, I really feel like nothing betrays trust to a teen more than bombarding them with the idea that you're always right or because you're an adult, you never make mistakes because yes, we all do. And yes, teenagers know that, right? Even if you don't show them that you don't have all the answers or if you don't let them see when you make mistakes, teenagers are very aware, right? And they really, I think, just want the facts. They just want you to be able to tell it like it is. And if part of you telling your truth and telling it like it is is saying, I might not know the answer to this, they're going to respect that much more, right? Than giving you know, maybe a a not wholehearted answer to something, right? Or rationale behind something. Like teens really just want, they want honesty and openness. And they want the right to understand the world from a true and authentic perspective. So you admitting to not knowing maybe all the answers they have to certain questions, this is going to build that trust and honesty with them. And if, you know, that comes, that time comes and you don't know how to answer something, then yeah, you can both embark together to kind of find those answers, right? Maybe you can utilize the links we have below and read some of the articles on teen dating violence, or maybe you can take some of the quizzes on the websites together, right? Where they're kind of evaluating the healthiness of relationships, or maybe the two of you can even go together and utilize a chat line, right? That'll connect you with a trained advocate, either online or on the phone. And you guys can talk those things through together, right? And I think, you know, teenagers are really going to respect you more for, again, being genuine um, and empowered because they're helping to search for those answers. And so, again, just, you know, acknowledge when you don't have all the answers and you guys can figure those things out together, which kind of speaking to that last point, right, I think is going to be a great little bonding moment for the two of you as well. Absolutely love all of that. (laughs) Lastly... Tip number 12, keep it low key. If your teen or a teen you know isn't ready to talk, don't push it, mm-hmm. right? You want to you want to keep that trust and open door for them to come and talk to you. If they feel judged or they feel rushed or pressured, it may cause them to close that door completely. Yeah. And so it's re- really important to know that, you know, it may be baby steps. It may be you continuing to remind them that when they're ready to talk, you are there for them or, you know, if they would like to talk about this at a later time, that you are open to having that conversation whenever they're ready and comfortable to do it, right? And we always talk about consent and making sure that someone feels completely comfortable. Yes. Um, and we want to make sure we're modeling that and practicing that, right? Totally. And so just letting them know that you are there whenever they're ready to talk and how important it would be for you to be able to have that conversation with them. And so... 
uh, it's important for you to let that teen also know that there are some confidential resources and trained individuals that can help as well, you know, and you can help them identify what adults they trust and can talk to. And so I think as a parent, sometimes you want to be that go-to person. And of course, definitely always strive to have that open communication with your teen and hopefully be that trusting adult for them. But there may be times where they may feel more comfortable talking to another adult. And so it's important for you to help them identify who some of those trusting adults can be and why, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want to make sure that an adult that they trust is someone that they feel safe with. They feel that they feel comfortable with, that they feel like they can count on and will get some of that unconditional support that is needed. So I feel like we've just given so many tips and I hope that this has been so helpful for you. I think regardless if your teen is dating or not, this is a conversation you can have with them overall. And maybe you are giving them examples on friendship as well. Right. And so you can talk to them about how when they truly care for someone You don't hurt them or try to control them. And that can also happen in a friendship dynamic. There's so many times that I hear teens say, you can't talk to them. Or if they're your friend, I can't be your friend. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you see kind of that controlling dynamic or aspect of it. And so you can start a conversation as simple as that, right? Being able to highlight how a friendship is not controlling, how a friendship should not hurt, right? And how a friendship should be about equality and feeling comfortable with one another and empowering one another. And what better example to set that foundation for them so that they know what a healthy relationship looks like so that when they are dating, they know that that also should be modeled um, and seen in their own dating relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Like just snaps to that. Um, (laughs) I think all those things are so important. And yeah, highlighting friendships as well, because it really does. It's a stepping stone into deeper relationships, Mm -hmm. such as dating relationships, right? And so, yes, we've shared out a lot of tips today. Um, And if anyone's curious to kind of just, again, know the 101, the overview, like what is teen dating violence? How do we define that? What does that look like? We have a full comprehensive episode we did last year for Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And so check Mm -hmm. that out. The title is just Teen Dating Violence to get more information on that. But with all of that being said, um, we're going to go ahead and meditate. And hey, you know what? Maybe um, doing a little mindfulness activity with your teen Maybe that's something you can do together, right? Kind of a little bonding experience, taking that nice deep breath work, um, you know, getting more of a sense of calm and focus. So if you are available to take on this meditation at this time, I encourage you to just go ahead and get yourself into a comfortable seated position. You can either be standing or laying, whatever just feels right to you in this moment right now. And as you're adjusting whatever seat or stand or laying position you're taking, just start kind of becoming aware of your breath. And once you're relaxed in that position, I want you just to close your eyes if you haven't already, or if it's more comfortable for you, maybe find one point to focus on in the room. Take a nice deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Continue with this breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. Start to find a rhythm with your breathing. Maybe make your inhales the same length as your exhales. Start to feel your entire body begin to relax with your calm, even breathing. 
Let your body really just get cozy and comfortable. If you perhaps feel already you need to change positions, go ahead and move freely to wherever or however feels good to you. Now take another deep breath here and release it gently. Continuing with our breathing, we're gonna use the power of our minds to go on a peaceful little retreat. This will be a place you can visit anytime you like, just by using your mind. Let your imagination take you to a beautiful wooded area. There's sunlight filtering down through the thick leaves of the tall trees. The air around you is perfectly comfortable, not too hot, not too cool. It's a safe place and everything around you is ripe for exploring. The air smells fresh and as you pay attention to the other scents, you notice the smell of flowers and maybe even water nearby. Walk slowly through this happy, welcoming forest looking all around at the beauty of nature. You may hear some small birds, you may hear hopping around on the forest floor. Maybe you see an old fallen tree on the ground. As you walk further, you hear the sound of gently flowing water. You follow the sound and then you see it a clear crystal spring that flows down into a narrow stream. The water is flowing lightly and effortlessly and it all feels so peaceful. You find a big rock next to the spring. This rock is warm from the sun. Go ahead and take a seat. Let your legs go down the rock and dip your toes into this cool, fresh water. Really take in this moment. Feel the inner peace that's created from this peaceful place, the peaceful sounds, and the sense of calm that you've also brought to this place. Take a couple moments, really just enjoying how relaxing it feels to be here, warmed by the sun, feeling completely at ease. If you feel any worries, fears, or stress, let them just flow out of you and float away down that stream. Remind yourself that this place was created by and for you. Anytime you want to visit it, you can simply come here in your mind. You can spend as much time as you need being in this peaceful retreat. Take a few last big deep breaths here.
And whenever you're ready, start to bring some attention back into your body. You can revert back to your normal breathing. You can gently start to roll your ankles and wrists, gently stretch in your seat or wherever you are to kind of wake yourself up. Gently float your eyes back open into the room. And thanks for taking that little moment to breathe with us. And again, remember if you're ever feeling stressed out, if you're ever feeling overwhelmed, you can always just go back to your happy little place in the woods. Thank you, Lisa. That was very relaxing. I definitely needed that. So thank you so much. Good. And to all our listeners, uh, just a reminder, like Lisa mentioned, we do have a specific episode on teen dating violence. So if you're wanting to get more information and just get more familiar with what that looks like um, and how we define that and how to recognize it, just know that that is available for you. We also have many resources linked below, including articles on teen dating violence, relationship quizzes, and a variety of ways teens can reach out via text or call to speak to a trained advocate because we do have that available and they are able to do that anonymously as well. So just most importantly, please remember to model respect at home and what a healthy relationship looks like. Thank you to all our listeners for being part of this important discussion today, and we hope you will join us for our next One Conversation episode.